You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 46. Episode 46. So I've been kind of getting some sessions in and kind of grinding away. What about you? Have you been playing a, t- a ton? Well, I actually have not. I played some uh, one home game session. But other than that, I've been kind of caught up in work. And well, I guess we'll kind of talk about it later in the podcast. But also just kind of taking a small break, I guess. I think that's needed. I mean, I'd say poker like is a grind like anything else, and it can really kind of get on to you. So, I mean, it's uh, I think it's good to t- take a break and kind of refresh. And then when you come back, you know, you're just m- a little more refreshed, thinking a little bit clearer and everything. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, well, and also, um, I guess we'll just talk about it now. Um, something I was thinking about, too, is when you take the – like whenever you've been grinding a lot and playing a lot of sessions – and you just don't feel like playing, it's kind of nice to take a break and then come back wanting to play. Yeah, very much so. Because, I mean, so I think a lot of people get into poker because, you know, okay, it's a fun way to make money. But then either you hit a downswing or you're just playing so much of it, and then eventually you're like, I mean, it almost becomes kind of very job-like at a certain point. No, it's extremely job-like because... I mean, if you're playing correctly, trying to play for profit, it can be just an absolute grind trying to play correct cards. I know, you know, every once in a while we get away from it, but you're still trying to play correct. It can turn into a grind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're just card dead over and over again, and I mean, mean, there was one guy to my left last night, and you could tell he's just card dead as hell. He just kept folding. I was like, if you once you raise preflops, I mean, I think I might fold kings to you. But uh, I mean, but when you're in that situation, it's just, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like a job job, but it is. I will say there are times where my actual job's easier than poker sometimes, or I mean, at least less emotional with you know, so like I don't know, being card dead is so difficult and grind. And when you're grinding out a ton of hours, you're gonna go through those streaks. Where you're like, oh God, not another one. Oh no, absolutely. And then um, another thing is, even you know, if you're playing video games or whatever you do for as a hobby, even if you're playing the most fun video game, sometimes you still want to go play something else or do something else. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, yeah. I mean, it is yeah. You do too much of anything, and it'll really get to you. So I mean, like I say, it's really a a good thing to kind of take a break from. It's a, but like you said earlier in the week, I mean, if I was on a gigantic upswing, I probably feel a little different. I mean, when you were, (laughs) Oh, when you were on that gigantic upswing, couldn't keep you from a poker table. It's uh, so it's yeah. Very, very nice. I'm like I say, I've kind of been grinding. I've been the opposite. I've been putting in hours, but I will say I kind of haven't been putting hours where I should Last week, I ended up playing a few of these. And, you know, I enjoy these kind of cheaper tournaments. But when you're really trying to get cash game hours, I mean, in the cheaper tournaments, you're only going to average so much. Because, I mean, even if your ROI is 50% on a $100 tournament, I mean, you're still making $50 every tournament that's, you know on average taking, you know, six hours or whatever. It's just not a really good it's not very profitable to spend your your time that way. But I did want a little bit of a difference and did that. And I, I kinda got away from getting the cash game hours I should have last week. So but I'm kinda back on the grind a little bit this week. Every time I play one of those low stakes tournaments for fun, I mean every time I basically leave thinking I should have just played cash that I Spent a, I mean, not an absurd amount of time, but just a gigantic, I guess it is kind of an absurd amount of time playing this tournament that, you know, could have been spent better playing cash. 
Well, you know, I justified it in the, like at Texas Card House and at Paramount. And don't get me wrong, these cheap tournaments I think are really great for recreational players. I'm a big fan of them. But if you are trying to play for profit, I justified it that you get the hour free for cash. But I mean, Christ <laughs> Almighty, ten dollars. I mean, you know, I mean, it, what you're, what I'm averaging. Oh, and cash, that doesn't even do a dent, really. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a stupid justification. I mean, I actually like, uh, at least Friday, I think I went to uh, Paramount, and I was like, well, it'd be kind of cool to do their RFID table if you make it to final table, which I bubbled and busted out one. I was the last one not to go there. But uh, but even then, I mean, at least that has some justification. I just wanted to do that. The... Uh, but, yeah, the hour for cash. I mean, you want to talk about just loose justifications to do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it makes you feel better. It's $12 an hour there at that tournament, so. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, no shit, no kidding. At least you get <laughs> the, the full 12. Uh, but before we move on real quick, I guess we didn't even cover it last week. Our, uh, our friend who was trying poker out came in, what did he come in, like, six, third? No, he came in. Way more than that. I think it was it was either third or fourth. It might have been, might have been third. I mean, talk about having a great run. I mean, we didn't even cover it last week. We were talking about ourselves busting out so early. Forgot to even mention. I think it was third that he came in third and has kind of built himself a bankroll right off. I mean, second tournament ever. That is pretty amazing. That's really that's really good. It's a. Uh, I was very very happy because I mean. When you start out and have that immediate success, I mean, it's just more fun. I mean, if you kind of start out and, you know, you which tournaments, I mean, you can go many, many without cashing or doing anything. And then it just kind of like, eh, you know, I, I kind of lose, you lose interest. But he seemed to have a really good time. And like I said, getting third that quickly, it's really, really good. And it's also kind of strange because I remember I was waiting to see when he was going to finish. So then I could, you know, say congratulations and leave because remember last week, uh, top boat to quad. So I was ready to hit the road. That'll but, do it. <laughs> but uh, I remember looking, he was down to like, look only like four big blinds or something. And there was still a full final table. And I guess he told me he got ace king and that held. And he ran it all the way up to third place. If I remember thinking like he's going to be out any minute now. Like he probably only had like, I thought only like three blinds maybe. But he sat it out and somehow spun it all the way up to third. That's a hell of a run right there. So, yeah, definitely congratulations to him. That was a, a hell of a run. Uh, let me see. So, we're going to... Our 1-1 home game that we played. Is that the... That was the first one. That was my session that I played. I want me to get into it for what happened with me. Yeah, first. go for it. So, we went to go play this 1-1 game. And it was, as you said, just purely for fun game but i still you know if i'm taking money out of the poker bankroll to play poker i'm still gonna track it i guess because i mean if i win am i not gonna put it in the poker bankroll so if i am gonna put it in the poker bankroll it means i have to track it so i tracked it i was kind of debating in the moment but like you said when we were driving up there that you've had some gigantic wins at one one well, I mean, I don't find it that much different than okay, like so let's say go you go to Paramount at one two. You're not debating if you're tracking it, right? <laughs> no, because I have to keep up with those losses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, like the open raise size at times was about, almost the same as uh, Paramount. True, but I, I don't know. I was just debating it. Just I don't know. I, I guess I don't even know why I was debating it. I guess there's not much to debate. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, I think because it's 1-1, it sounds so small, but, I mean, you can actually win or lose a fairly significant, I mean, you can definitely go up five, six hundred dollars, I mean, you can definitely drop five or six hundred dollars, I feel like, I feel like both the swings are definitely worthy enough to track. But, um, so I played that session, I bought in for a hundred big blinds, so just a hundred dollars, and, um, I had to play pretty tight, because not, when we got there, a few people didn't even have $100 in front of them, which really limits the type of cards you can play. So I was playing, you know, ace-king, ace-queen, kings. Um, 
Those are about the three hands I played. I tried. I was going to hero call you down with a pocket pair that was worse than your pocket pair. But that guy hit trips on us. Yeah. <laughs> I was so shocked to see you playing so tight. I mean, for, like, I know you've played, like, a, some 5-5, five, 5-10, five, five, 1-3. I expected to see you in almost every single hand. And you were actually playing with a lot of discipline. Well, um, the cards definitely dictated that. I mean... They do sometimes. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess you can mix it up. But the problem is you still have to adjust your style, or not your style, but... Maybe how you're going to play the session based on how deep you are. That is true. But, but I mean, here's my justification for playing a little bit looser, maybe, is we can say that table is playing, well, the, what's the average VPIP at that table? 70%? 80%? Yeah, I drug the average down. <laughs> so, I mean, even if I'm playing, let's say, the top like 20 25% of my range, maybe, Eh, still should have a pretty good decided edge. I mean, it's kind of my thing. I mean, granted, I know like probably like eight, nine, like probably five, seven suited or something when you're playing that many blinds is not really a play. But if I'm still playing like tighter than everybody else at the table, I think in getting in hands with them, I still think it's more profitable. Well, and here's my also uh, justification for playing tighter in that type of a game is I mean, I got one bluff through after, you know, showing that I'm playing tight for three hours or whatever. But not many people like to fold in a 1-1 game. So a lot of my moves come to applying pressure on, like, semi-bluffs and bluffs. And then also balancing it out with, you know, hitting big hands and then betting big. Can't really do that if there's going to hero call down every time. You actually have to have it. Oh, yeah. No, uh, 100%. I think you're just getting value. Uh, because, I mean, yeah, uh, if they're curious, they're going to call. Well, well, I remember whenever I first started getting the poker when I was playing 1-3, uh, but I was buying him for 300. And I would put together these bluffs that, in theory, should work sometime. I mean, I had some that I do think should have worked, but I ran into the issue of people just saying, like, F it, it's only 200 more dollars. Right. Or stuff like that. It's only 150 more dollars. So I'm just going to call just because, you know, I have a bunch of $150. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, but. Everybody uses that Jamin. I'd rather be broke than curious type deal. Well, the other problem is also they're not even broke. For a lot of these people, they have that expendable income. It's where they just don't care. They're just going to call because they don't want to get bluffed and they're curious. Right. That's the problem with the 1-1 game as well. So I noticed I had more success bluffing when I, whenever I moved up to like 5'5 five, five and 5'10 five, because people aren't going to just say like, meh, I call for 2K on the river. Well, and I mean, they're just better players too who are better at making, you know, good folds. So There are some of those, but people still, I think, overestimate how good some of the people in those big games are. You still got people who are very recreational in there. You know what? I've really not moved up to that level. So, I mean, I definitely look forward to kind of seeing that for myself. I mean, I guess because the extent I have of that is like the 2-5 games in Vegas. I would say skip those. That's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I mean, I was like, I mean, at the tables, like I could hold my own. But like at like 1-3 where there's like donkeys who literally don't even know what the rules are sometimes. I mean, 2-5, like, your bad players are still halfway decent, playing halfway decent ranges. So I was like, oh, God. I mean, that was my whole debate on, like, if it's even, if 2-5 is even more profitable. And I've I've heard different things from uh, different players, but uh, it sounds like the 5-5 five, five games here in Texas are just way better. Oh, no, yeah, I was talking about the, the 5-10 games in Vegas. I mean, I guess maybe, I mean, as you know, only six sessions or seven sessions doesn't really define anything. But the games I got in were very good. I mean, it kind of does. I mean, it was six or seven sessions. I mean, unless you just happen to wander into those six or seven that are just, you know, the best games ever. I mean, I, I do feel like, well, and I think uh, we saw this in a Brad Owen vlog. That, I mean, he plays it all the time. And justified everything that you said, because I had told you I thought two five was kind of a tougher game in Vegas, 
and then you said 510 was easier, and he said in his vlog that 2-5 kinds to be in that weird spot where a lot of people study, but haven't moved up, whereas 510, you actually have people who are just, you know, have the money in there to gamble type deal. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember when I played the 2-5 waiting to get on the 510. I was having no fun. I just kept getting shoved on. Yeah, a ton of 3-betting and all that. I mean, like, I think it's fun from a, like, testing yourself standpoint, but not so much fun as a I'm going to make money standpoint. Right, but I mean, that was basically my whole thoughts on that 1-1, one, one, though, was just... When you're that short stacked, you have to play correct, more correct, or just not more correct, but just tighter ranges and make actually make hands. And I grind out a twenty dollar win. Huh, well, so my my one one experience, uh, I get it. I have ace four. The flop comes ace three four. Uh, get it all in three ways against three four. And a flush draw. So I'm pretty hefty favorite here. I, uh... And we decided to run it three times. First time is disaster. It runs out into a straight. And we chop it three ways. And then the flush hits the next two times. So being a hefty favorite, running it three times, I got one third of one of those times. So that was a pretty big shot to the arm. Uh, I then get a top pair with better kicker in against somebody with top pair or worse kicker, and they hit a second pair. And so, I mean, I was just going, I mean, I was going through buying through buying. I was like, how much am I going to buy into this 1-1 game? Yeah, I mean, I still think, or I just debate in my head, if you run it once every time, do you think you get called less often by draws and by less... I mean, I guess you want the draws calling, but you also want the draws folding to where you win uncontested, right? Like, I'm not talking about that uh, one one game in particular. I'm talking about if everyone knows you're only going to run it once. Do you think that there's any, maybe not advantage, but... Well, I mean, I think you want to price the draws to where they're... I mean, okay, let's say someone's on a flush draw and you get it all in on the turn. They're only going to win... Tw- 18% of the time. No, I'm talking, are they going to call on the turn knowing you're going to run it once and they're only going to win 18% of the time and you win the pot and get 100% equity versus them realizing they're 18%? Well, yeah, but... Yeah, I mean, I, ideally, you want to price it to the point where if they fold, that's fine, but if they call... I mean, because, okay, let's say... To make it easy, let's say the pot is $200. Okay. Let's say I bet two hundred dollars on the turn. They call two hundred. Well, well it's a I just disaster got, for them. Yeah, I just got two hundred dollars at eighty-two percent. I mean, I basically I just bet two hundred dollars to win two hundred dollars, and I'm going to win eighty-two percent of the time. I mean, you kind of want that call every time, right? No, you do. I was just debating it in my head. I mean, just yeah. wondering if that has if you have if if it plays a role i guess i know it's i know it's no advantage running it once versus running it twice i mean we'd love to clear that up i mean it doesn't matter what you have it's not an advantage yeah there's no mathematical advantage either way i mean no matter what anybody says it's no there's it will come out if you play a hundred thousand hands it'll come out the exact same way uh difference is when you run it two and three times, it's just less variance, which is if I'm playing in a game where I think I am better than most of the other players, I would want to reduce the variance. Uh, do I think it come uh, plays a role? Yes, 100%. I think if somebody knows you run it three times or you're likely to, they are more likely to call. But that's fine. As long as I, as long as I price accordingly and give them crappy odds... I mean, I love the call. If I can get, you know, 82% of my money on my money, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like to establish early on. I only run it once, so everyone knows. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a... But then, like, at some point, that kind of, was kind of the nice thing. And, I mean, I don't go to this game. It's more it's a fun game. Like, it's not really... For pro- I mean, I'll be profitable in the long run in the game. 
but it's you know I'd play a, a bigger game. Say <laughs> it'd be a tough profit. living. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but uh, I was three buy-ins in and never really worried about it. I mean, if I'm three buy-ins in at one three, my buy-in normal buy-ins up four hundred and I'm twelve hundred in. Slightly I mean, annoyed. it's not gonna. I'm just not gonna kill me. But I'm not having a good day. <laughs> yeah, you're slightly annoyed. <laughs> um, so, but real quick, the what I was gonna say also, um, something that I would find interesting with that running it once versus running it twice is people always say, well, what if it's for this amount of money? What if it's for that amount of money? Would you run it once or run it twice? Well, I'm only in a game where I can afford to lose the money, right? I'm never in a game where I'm running it twice for a million dollars. Okay, look, I let me recant what I said. There are a, there is a time, and it actually is exactly what you said for the amount of money. If I'm all in for like a stupid amount, like it's forty or fifty bucks, I will only run it once because there's a certain point where I either want to leave or I want to rebuy, and just sitting there and chopping a hundred dollar pot three way three ways or two ways or something is not going to do anything for me so actually you're right but it's not for me it's not the amount of how big it is it's how small it is right but i would just say i would find that interesting too because every time you sell people I only run it once they're like i've gotten a few times well what if it's this much i mean I'm, i mean i'm in for whatever money i have so if i lose that it's fine i don't know i mean like I actually, I think the amount of money, don't get me wrong, I'm just going to run it two or three times every time anyways, because like I say, Except for me, it's 40. reducing the variance. <laughs> but I will say, if I'm in a $5,000 pot somehow, yeah, I definitely want to, I mean, if anything, how about we run it six or seven times? I want to, I, I mean, shit, let's just figure out the odds and split it right then and there. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's where we'll just disagree. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, well, no, I get what you're saying. Like, you are not playing in games you can't afford to be in. Yeah. But, okay, let's say I'm doing, like, let's say I'm playing, let's just say 1-3. You can, like, let's say I, I double up 1-3, get to 600. Well, then I double up again and get it to 1,200. And then I want a couple more. It's 1,500. Well, then I get it all in. I've grinded all day. I have a $1,200 profit. And now I'm all in as a favorite, but they have like 20% equity. Oh, I mean, I'll do you one better. I was in the 5-5 game, <laughs> ran it up to 3.5K, and went all in on the flop. And before I saw the cards, we're only running it once. And I was set over set, drawing to one out. Well, I mean, in that case... <laughs> but I'm, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to... But I I'm mean, saying the yeah. justification. I ran up, you know, to 3.5 or whatever, and... Still, same result. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, which is, I don't have an issue with. Like I say, it'd be one thing, like, if yeah, I thought there was, like, a gigantic leak in your game, and I'd be like, well, you need to fix this. I mean, it's not a leak. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. Like, your graph <laughs> gives me just heartburn looking at your graph. I can't even imagine it being <laughs> my graph. Yeah, no, it's, uh... <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. But, <laughs> uh... <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was it was funny because you were talking about this hypothetical situation where you're running it for, you know, almost three k. I'm like, I was in this situation for way more. <laughs> so you don't need a hypothetical. I I can give you a great example: pocket sixes versus pocket queens. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, but I mean, I will say this: I I like that. At the same token, I like that you're consistent. That that would be an like that's annoying when somebody. Like, I will say for, like, the lower amount, whatever, I mean, I'm just trying to look to double up or rebuy. Uh, that's one thing. But I like that you're at least consistent on running it once and you're not, like, bouncing around. Yeah, I mean, I, you and I don't care if, uh, well, I mean, I always run it once, but you don't you don't care either way if they want to run it once or twice. I'm, I mean, I know you always yeah. opt to running it twice, but... You don't have an emotional investment on running it once versus twice. I see so many people get so upset if someone doesn't want to run it twice with them after running it twice with them earlier. Oh, yeah. I don't – like, I mean, in like you say, even if it's, like, somebody who's, like, run it two or three times with everybody else, and they're like, well, no, I just want to run it once. I don't really care. I mean, like, 
because uh, to me, the math doesn't change. I would rather, I mean, I'm only doing it to reduce the variance. I don't care if I'm ahead or behind. Uh, and I mean, in my thinking, it reduces the variance if I'm doing it more often than not. Uh, but if somebody wants to do it once, I mean, I never, I never care that much. Yeah, I always just think it's so strange when people get so... I mean, I was at Texas Card House. I mean, this must have been like almost two years ago. Shoot, it must have been three years ago at this point. But uh, where I almost saw a fist fight break out, I mean, just yelling and screaming at like three or four in the morning because for just a gigantic pot, someone only wanted to, only wanted to run it once. And it's just... I mean... I don't really care the justification because we all know the math doesn't change. Is he was drawing so thin that if he hits one of his cards, he just wants to win. But you're going to win way more often, so he's only going to run it once with this thought. Right. He, he is what he was saying is because they ran it twice, but he was saying like I'm only going to win this like ten percent of the time. So if I am going to win, I want to win and not chop it if I happen to hit one. But I mean, to me, like I don't understand how that's a fight because if. As every poker room I've seen, if somebody wants to run it once, then that's just how it is. It has to be an agreeable thing. So that person, they, as far as I'm concerned, they don't even need a justification. I mean, they could just say, hey, just feel like running it once. It's uh, I, I listened to a podcast, I forget, it was like a, maybe a year or two ago, and I don't even remember which one it was. But it was a poker room manager, and he was talking about how bad it is for the game to run it two and three times. That yeah, I was, I was gonna talk about that. I'll let you say his point, then I'll tell you my point. But real quick, the the guy did hit his ten percent and scoop like a like four K pot. Good it was, for him. Oh, it was awesome. I yeah. was already running out though because I knew it was about to erupt, so I'd already put my chips in the rack before they ran the river. Good for him. That's well, a... good for me. I hit the road early. It was great because it <laughs> broke the game. Oh God. <laughs> uh, so his theory is like basically. Running it two and three times is it makes it so little variance that the bad players don't have a chance to ever win. So the he's like, well, you know, if you do it once, these bad players, you know, they're gonna hit their, you know, they're gonna hit their draw or something like that, and they're gonna remember this win or whatever. But if you're doing it two and three times, the good players just eat the bad players alive. Uh a hundred percent. This is a valid point. My counterpoint is that a lot of these players who are playing poker and are not the great players, because I was in this shoe in these shoes. If you don't have a bankroll, you're looking to gamble and have a good time, but not spend as, but fairly cheaply, because that's kind of the draw of poker. You don't spend as much money as you know, like maybe a table game where it's twenty dollars a hand, twenty dollars a hand, twenty dollars a hand. One three poker is probably one of the cheaper ways to gamble. And it allows these people, to me, play longer because they're, you know, the variance is just cut down. And, uh, I mean, they might not win the hand, but they'll hit one out of three. And, you know, they still have that money to play and all that. And they'll, you know, because the worst thing to me for, like, bad players is, you know, you buy in for 300 and it lasts 20 minutes. So... That's my counterpoint. I think his is a very good point, but I think there's also something to be said for, you know, this is the money lasting longer and getting, I mean, it's just the same way, like a cheap, it'd be more like a cheap deep stack tournament where, you know, the deep stack tournament, good players are going to win more often. But if you're a bad player, you want that because you want to be able to play, play longer on that money. Right. I was completely off with the reasoning that you were going to say on why it's bad for the room. Did you say bad for the room or bad for the game? I thought you said bad for the room. Bad for the game. See, I was thinking I was thinking bad for the room in this sense. That Have you been at a game? Oh, actually, you probably have because you play that call station game where the table is full, you're the next one on the list, and they keep running it two and three times to where no one ever busts, and you eventually just go home. Well, yeah. I but... mean, I know it doesn't matter to but I'm just saying it's kind of rough when you know there's two or three people on the list. I've been that person too, and just never got on the day, on the game because they always run it multiple times. I can see that. Well, okay, here's the counterpoint to that. On on that one, it's kind of annoying, especially if you're that one player waiting. 
But the other counterpoint to this is, like, say nobody's waiting and it's one table. Well, if you keep chopping them, like, you know, and the money is kind of flowing more evenly through everybody, that game is not breaking near as badly as, like, a one, you know, all-in. Like, I mean, if two people, let's say three people get it all-in and run it three times, most likely it's gonna at least going to go to two players. But if you run it once, well, I mean, it could literally break the game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's just pros and cons to everything, right? I mean, this is actually the reason, like, because, like, in College Station, like you are saying, it's a, a lot of time it was a one-table game, and everybody likes to do this Omaha reverse button, kind of how the high-low kind of came to an existence, why you play it there, is it's more, you're chopping a lot of pots, so... For what people were buying in there for, they do Omaha High. Well, Omaha High, a lot of times will just break the table. So Omaha High Low, at least you know it's two players chopping the money, so it's easier on the game. So I don't know. That would be my counterpoint. Like, yeah, it would be annoying, and you might leave because yeah, it's you just can't get on the table. But also, let's say there's nobody on the list, then it might keep the game going longer. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, I mean, all valid points. I mean, everything has the pros and cons. Why does the casino not let you run it twice? Just out of curiosity, if you know. I I don't have any clue. Uh, I know, like, it, like, the higher limits, a lot of times they do let you run it uh, two or three times. But I don't think, like, at one, three, two, five, they do, and I have no idea. Do you... My only guess is that they don't want to waste time doing multiple rivers, which takes time, the debate, the the actual process of running it twice, the chopping of the pot, when all they are there to do is to deal hands to get a rake, right? That's their profit. I guess so. I mean, that's, that is the only reasoning I can come up with. Because I, like I say, I'm a big fan of it, so I don't... I mean, I love that we play in Texas where it's available, uh, I yeah I don't know that's a good, damn good question. Yeah, I was just curious. I was just thinking that was you know kind of interesting. But uh, what other sessions did you play this week, or is that about the highlight of it? Uh, let me see. I played. So we did the home game. We covered that. I covered kind of the tournament. I mean, nothing happened in the tournaments. Uh, I just kind of covered that eating in the cash game and how I think, at least for me personally, it's probably uh, something I need to steer clear from. I had a very interesting session at Legends where I go there and immediately get a suited ace, get a hit the ace on the board. No, it wasn't a suited ace. It was ace jack. Uh, hit a the ace on the board, and I bet the flop, get re-raised. And we have already talked about this several times. When it's a re-raise on the flop, just very very likely you're just not good. At least with top pair, top kicker. But this player had been just bluffing. He's playing 80% of his hands. He's showing down already two or three bluffs. I feel like, I mean, I have to have a calling range against a player like that. <laughs> it's funny because I remember I was saying, I think I was telling a story very similar to this uh, a few weeks ago, whether it be last week or a few weeks ago. <laughs> it's like, are we just the chumps who just feel like we have to have a calling range versus this? Because I remember I lost too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like every, like, almost every other player at the table I would have actually made a fold to. But, I mean, this guy literally just bluffed me and showed five high. <laughs> oh, we bluffed you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, and like I say, he's playing literally every hand. So, I mean, I don't know. So I don't know, but I end up, I end up getting killed. He had a set, and I had Ace Jack. And I, again, I don't remember if I stacked off to him or not, but uh, I don't think I stacked off. But I know I lost a good pot. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think I did stack off. There, oh, say, I think you did too. You yeah. texted me. Yeah. Uh, then I end up, and I'm like, God, just <laughs> how many top pairs come into the sets lately? So then I have pocket eights, and this other player who splashy as shit, just not, I mean, does not seem to be going anywhere with anything. I have pocket eights, it comes jack-jack blank. I think jack-jack five was the flop. I bet 
he calls. Uh, and I'm like, well, this could be a jack. The turn is another jack. I'm like, okay, well, this is a pretty good full house. He could have been he could have been calling with a five. Could have been calling with a pair lower than eight. Hell, he could be calling ace high here. I'm I go ahead and bet and get called. And then the river's a brick. It's not anything bigger than a oh you know what I think it was actually a queen. Which I was a little yeah because I was a little nervous that he hit a queen on a river randomly, and he shoves. It was not a shove and it's a shove for probably. At this point, a third pot, maybe. And I'm like, well, does he just have quads here all the time? But I go ahead and I'm like, I got a full house. I mean, it's unlikely he just randomly hit a queen here. Quads is pretty hard to have. So I make the call, and yep, he has quads. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of. So yeah, it's a so this <laughs> session. I mean, just started out running really badly, but eventually then takes a massive, massive turn. Uh, God, I'm trying to get there. We go. So I mean, I ran into those hands, and I'm like, I, I think I have like 150 left, and I mean, I'm like, and I'm in for <laughs> like 800. I think. I mean, I don't remember. Uh, it was. A lot. I mean, more I than you, I wanted to be in for. I thought you were going to say you had 150 USD. I was going to say, thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want anybody to wonder what I'm doing, you know, God. Uh, then I finally have a, I have eight ten of hearts. And then against that same guy who did the, uh, I was up against ace jack uh, and had the quads. The flop comes eight eight jack. Four ways to the flop. I bet twenty five, and he re raises to fifty. Okay, and one more time. So, what do you have? I have eight ten of hearts. Flop okay. eight eight jack. Okay, perfect. Uh, he re raises to fifty. I go ahead and make it one fifteen. Okay, I was about to say. I think yeah, I like that a little bit more. Uh, and then he shoves. Now, once he shoves. I'm just, like, I'm a little nervous now. Because, I mean, I have trips. I have worse, but I don't have a great kicker. I mean, do I think he's doing this? With what the hell, I don't know. Uh, but that being said, I'm just not good enough at this point to... I'm definitely not folding 8-10 for what's left in this pot with trips. And I call, and he has ace-jack, and I'm good. But I was, was kind of weird. I mean, I mean, you want to talk about taking ace-jack to the absolute top top to the absolute maximum i was like god almighty <laughs> uh this is one of the bigger pots i've played in a while i have a queen ten of di- like that gets me uh a little bit better stacked i have queen ten of diamonds flop jack nine six uh with one diamond i bet and a player calls the turn is a complete blank and then i go ahead and bet 85 into a pot of like maybe I was really trying to get a fold eighty five into maybe uh hundred ten. No, oh, I I like this bet. I I thought you were gonna check, and I was about to just go give us kind of a shrug. I like this bet a lot. Uh, I was hoping to get him off of uh, well, one is that he might like at this point I kind of can represent an overpair. There's a lot of draws that he could have that maybe I can get off of it, and maybe a nine. Uh, but he does make the call, and I'm like, oh shit. Well, I river the complete nuts in a king. And then I bet 300. And, I mean, he tanks for probably three or four minutes. Apologize. I'm like, take your time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine you just very nonchalant whenever you hold the stone cold nut. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you, you know, call a friend, whatever you got to do. Whatever it takes you to call. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it takes. Uh, he finally calls. I show him the... Uh, the uh, nuts and he mucks. I'm pretty certain he had King Jack. It made the most sense to me. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense on the call, too. And so it's a, 
anything else I don't really anything else would not really make sense. I'm pretty certain that's probably what he had there. Uh, and then he gives me a lot of uh, problems that night. It was a very good player, and he, I think he's used to playing deep, uh, more d deep stack than I am. So, what do you think about this? Uh, it's me and him, and I think he's a little tilted from that hand, too. But, I have king-queen, the flop comes king-8-5, I bet 25 on the flop, which is about half pot. He raises to 85. Fold. Okay, I call. Okay. Uh, but, they call, like, there's a three on the turn. And this was all rainbow, too, which is... A, he he bets, like, 175. I, I think it was 175. It was just a huge stack of greens. And I was <laughs> like, well, I don't know. This seems like the story of me turning top pair into a horde session. So I go ahead and fold. I like the fold. I, I don't know. I've made this stand before and just been sorely disappointed. Uh, and then there's another hand where he gave me a lot of trouble. He three bets and he three bets about art. I mean, it's not like three betting all the time, but it's not, I mean, he does do it quite a bit. Uh, and I have pocket jacks and I'm like, well, this could be a really good call here. If he's got aces and it's jack high, I mean, we're deep stacked. This could be great. So I make the call. I'm assuming you're fine with that call, right? Um... Well, you didn't tell me the exact amounts in your stack size, but if you're probably super both about, deep, probably about fifteen hundred effective. And he made it how much eighty-five. You, oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, the flop comes queen queen eight. Uh oh, and there were three. There's three players in this uh, this pot team. That comes into play. Uh, I check, thinking I'm gonna go ahead and call any most bets that he uh places. The guy checks, and he bets 150 into, like, about 230. And this was such a huge bet size that I ended up letting it go. I think this is probably a bad fold, but, I mean, aces, I mean, kings. I mean, I, I like, on his three bet, I, I had him on aces, kings. I mean, he could have ace, queen. I mean, he could possibly even have king-queen. Uh, I mean, ace-king would do this, too. But, I mean, of all the possible hands... I mean, am I, and then here's the thing, is if he fires on the turn... I mean, I'm really going to have to hold tight with jacks here if I make this call. Um, I don't know. I don't remember how this hand plays out, if that what happens to that other player. But I kind of like a call here. Sometimes I know you're going to get squeezed a lot with that third player in there, which is kind of a bummer, but, um, I don't mind a call there in hopes that he gives up on the turn and he has ace king. I mean, there's a possibility that he, that you hit a Jack low, but a possibility. And, um, I think a lot of players who bet that size will give up on the turn. Not many people have the guts to follow through on the turn with ace high that's kind of the thing uh, like uh, later you said this and later i analyzed it as uh, kind of the same thing is i think the bet size might more be more weakness than it is strength and really you're the one who got me onto that is like if you flop trips there are you really betting that big a lot of the time yeah I mean, probably not. And I mean, here's the thing: is even if aces are kings, is he really firing the turn? I mean, not if you call that bet. No. I mean, it seems like I mean a queen is definitely within my calling range here. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I would call with ace queen here. I mean, if I'm I, I probably don't call with king queen in this spot. But I mean, king queen and queen jack suited are, I mean, pre flop for the three bet. Uh, I mean, it's a possibility. So he's got to put that in there. And then once I make that call on that flop, I mean, really, there's very few hands that don't have a queen that I'd actually make that call. Right. But like I said, the only thing I'm worried about is getting popped by that third player in this hand, which would be a super bummer. Well, I don't think he can ever. I mean, I think he's, if I ever get popped, I think he's was 100% has it. That's why I'm incentivized to pop as if I'm him <laughs> because it's so hard. I mean, he's squeezing you. 
I mean, I think that guy originally is not doesn't have a queen betting so big. So uh, I mean, if if he but here's the thing, like I don't know because okay, that guy could could have a queen here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing that said he can. I mean, we're just like it's a slight bet sizing tell that we're hoping this might be right. I'll tell you what though, you have got me onto that, and it has just been phenomenal. Uh, but here's the thing: is if I I don't think he can ever squeeze me here. Because if I have a queen, I'm never doing anything but calling here. How deep is that third player? Uh, he wasn't as deep as us, but he was probably still fairly deep, like 800 maybe. I don't know. It's a, it's interesting, interesting situation. I not... mean, if I have king queen, and I think that guy has aces or kings. I mean, all I'm doing is calling. So I mean, if I'm playing this the same way as if I had a queen. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, I mean, it could work there, but I mean, let, I'm just saying my, I would do the same exact thing whether I had a queen or not here. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes I'm going to pop it as that third guy, whether I have it or not, too. Oh, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. And sometimes, you know what? They have the queen. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely you what, not impossible. Say, it is looking grim. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before in that situation. And <laughs> And then the guy called, and he's like, wait, no, I'm all in. And then I'm like, I told the guy, I said, this all sorts ain't good. <laughs> I told him, I have no out. Yeah, Tyler's like, this is one where it doesn't matter how much we run it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to need rudder rudder. <laughs> uh, so that was, but that session well, was really nice because it turned into a, a session where I was getting murdered in. What happened in that hand? You just stopped. Oh, I folded. Oh, I folded. <laughs> I ended up fold. But what happened? You said the third player was Yeah, like, everybody folded. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a second. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, but eventually I end up going ahead and uh, call, booking a $830 win and calling it a night. It was one of those where I battled back, got a ton of, quite a bit of profit. And I was like, well, I think this is, it's just a good time to call it. I mean, definitely turned a good story. Uh, it, it would take a good story, then make it a bad story if you end up losing that at the end, right? I mean, especially if you know it's time for you about to go, it's about time for you to head out. That's always the worst, right? Whenever you're like, well, I probably should leave, and then you kind of hang out, and then you either do something dumb or get coolered. Yeah, and the only, well, I mean, the only thing was it was actually a fairly still a decent table, but I just kept getting into it with the one guy who actually pretty much knew what he was doing. And I mean, like you always say, I mean, you can't stay there forever. You have to leave at some point, so. Solid point, and I did, so I was, uh... (laughs) Did that, so I guess we'll co- I'll cover. I'm just gonna run through these next two sessions very quickly. Uh, it's a. I ended up playing spades yesterday. Uh, p- not there very long. End up pocket jacks. There's a straddle on the button, uh, and someone raises it 25. The under the gun makes it 25. I make it 100. Uh, it comes around all the way around, and then the straddle makes it 400, which has me covered. I mean, you literally always get four bet with jacks, and I never get four bet with jacks. I literally, I, I mean, it's at least eighty to ninety percent of the time I've gotten four bet with jacks. It's, it's like, ridiculous. It almost seems like you're showing them your cards. How do they know to four bet you every time you have jacks? It is amazing. I mean, because you've tried breaking down a few of these situations for me. I'm like, I don't know. I never get four bet with Jack. I don't know what to do. And then it happened to you like three or four times in a row, like pretty, not back to back, but in very short, uh, a very short time frame. And this now happens again. Oh, every time I've, like, since I started three betting with Jack, it's happened, I mean, at least 90% of the time. If not, I mean, I can't honestly, not even sure I can remember a time where it didn't. Like, it's uh, like I don't have blockers to aces, kings, or queens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was going to make the fold, uh, but then I'm like, well, I see this guy playing poker on his phone. I thought you were going to say, well, no gamble, no future. <laughs> <laughs> no gamble, no future. Uh, and I'm like, well, these people who are playing poker on their phone, they're usually like people who kind of study a little bit. I mean, if you're wanting to play two games at the same time. I'm um, like, he would probably do this with Ace-King. I end up making the call. He has Ace-King, and then hits an Ace on the river. Uh, and then I leave crying. 
crying, no future. <laughs> yeah, there's no future. Uh, then later that night, I go to Paramount, and there's no hands really of sort. I mean, I end up just chipping up little by little, and I end up making a profit of three fifty. So negative sixty dollars on the day. It's not bad. I mean, I've had worse. I mean, I wanted to keep it very much a winning week after a good session on Monday. So I was very glad to at least, you know, make most of that back. I had a winning week. I won $20. Shit, man. (laughs) Making it right up in here. But I am actually going to play a pretty long session today. Um, I'll probably end up starting at like 8 or 9 or 10 at night. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same. I... I'm still debating on if I'm going to end up playing in College Station or coming back to Houston. Uh, But I'll probably... uh, I'm definitely going to play somewhere. (laughs) I say come back to Houston because I'm going to be playing until maybe 4 or 5 in the morning. Well, let me me go ahead and clue you in on this. Can't do that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) it's a... uh, so we're gonna try to, but I mean, right now I'm trying to get the uh, a real big focus on getting the hours in. Right now, I mean, I just really need to get. I haven't been very consistent with the volume I'm putting in every week. I mean, who are you? To, I mean, yeah. That's... I mean, oh, I've been way better than you. <laughs> yeah, lately, I was but, about to yeah. say. But uh, like I say, wasting the time in the tournaments. Like I mean, like I say, it's never a waste of time if you're. Doing, I mean, if you're, well, not if you're winning, but if you're just having a good time. (laughs) I mean, because poker's a hobby for most people, and I think those tournaments are actually better for the vast majority of people. Uh, But not in my, for what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah, it just depends on your personal goals, right? If your goal is just to go have fun or play poker, that's one thing. But if your goal is to hit an hourly in the amount of hours playing cash, it's a whole different thing. Right. So, and here's the thing is... Well, it's kind of a break from the cash game or whatever, but, you know, if I'm going to take a break, it really needs to be just away from poker. Because, I mean, it's still a grind. I mean, the tournament's still a grind, and, I mean, it's, it's too close to what you're doing. Um, I guess to close out the podcast, um, so remember how we were talking about Adam Rude hadn't posted in a long time? Yeah. He posts on his Instagram that he'll be back this Sunday, but the reason why he was gone is it looks like he had twins. Oh wow, yeah. So I was I was very surprised about that. I mean, well, here's the thing: is I mean, are we is Adam Rude going to be gone forever? Because I can't imagine that you have a lot of time to play poker and make YouTube vlogs. From what I what I hear is like an hour a minute that you're putting into it when you're taking care of twin babies. <laughs> yeah, say I'm pretty sure it was twins. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was at work when I was looking at it, but he definitely had a baby. <laughs> I mean, either way, that seems very time-consuming. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, way more important than poker. So, and I'm very happy for him. But I got to say, I mean, probably, we're probably not going to see that many vlogs on uh, Adam Rude there. Yeah, absolutely. But congrats to him. Keep up the vlogs. I mean, we were wondering what was going on. So, now we know. Yeah, it's good to hear. It's good to hear. I mean, like, Barry became uh, easily one of the best personalities for vlogging, I will say Oh, yeah, and no, I can agree with that. Um, but I guess we'll wrap this up. This was the text was, wow. <laughs> Talk about trying to get out of here quick. <laughs> um, go ahead. Oh, Yeah, go for it, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you to come with this professional closing right here. Right. Uh, that was the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up, add time, and we'll see you next week.